I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This is TV worth talking about. My gut tells me we're dealing with sophisticated problems. This is Shrine Podcasts. Trigger Point. You are listening to Shrine Podcast Trigger Point. I'm Hannah. I'm Brendan. And I'm Rebecca. And things have changed vastly since last week's preview episode. Brendan is out of isolation. Ireland has removed all the worst pandemic restrictions and we have been treated to the first instalment of ITV's Trigger Point. Things got off to quite the explosive start as Vicky McClure's Lana Washington and Adrian Lester's Joel Nuckin survived a number of hairy situations in a London-based apartment block only for Lester to pull a Martin Compton in a shock ending. The man is but one limb. <laughs> this week, <laughs> the victor of health, Brendan, will have your thoughts and theories, but... <laughs> I have all my limbs intact. All of them intact. Pitch Reb is on the recap. The only one of us yet to have the COVID. She could be the vaccine herself. <laughs> <laughs> but first, will we just have a little chat about shite? Yeah, let's. What do you want to talk about? <laughs> well, we could talk about just our general thoughts and theories before we start. And then like anything else we were watching and then our weeks. Yeah, well, look, I loved Trigger Point. I thought it was very tense. There was a lot of suspense. But I think anything that just involves a bomb potentially going off is going to be very tense anyway. So that did it for me. I really enjoyed Vicky McClure in this because I was sort of wondering if it would just feel like watching Kate Fleming. And it really didn't. Like, it really didn't. I mean, she had her hair tied up, for God's sake. No, but like, I think the characters are actually pretty different even though they sort of work in a similar sort of area um i felt like she did a lot more to play with it just felt like there was more going on in fact i gotta go out there and say that i prefer the character of lana to the character of kate oh my god do you know why that is a huge statement but you know why i think that is right because i feel as line of duty viewers we still don't know who the real kate fleming is because we never really get to know too much about her life like yeah steve has always been the one who's been framed thrown downstairs yada yada not being able to get it up yeah, yeah and i feel like with kate we've always had this thing that we're like what do we not know? Whereas now with Lana, we know she was in Afghanistan. We meet the fella in the first episode. Yeah. Um, and she's dancing to rap music. And I think we have yeah. a different a, a picture of her. Like we have a better picture of her straight away. In one episode. Yeah. 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 So we have good feelings about it so far, do we guys? 
Yeah, I really enjoyed it. The only thing that I found difficult about the first episode was I never watch ITV because um, we're in Ireland. It's not like a massive channel here or whatever. But I watched it live on ITV and I found the ad breaks because I'm so used to watching tense dramas on the BBC with no ads. I found the ad breaks really wrecked the buzz of the tension. Now, I have to say, right, the ad breaks actually didn't bother me and I don't know why. I felt like I suppose it was like we almost got a mini cliffhanger at that. Like, it wasn't like, you know, for example, right, when one of the Irish TV stations buys a movie and they show it and then oh, they, they whack hack it. Hack it apart with ad breaks. And I, like, I no offense to anyone that like puts the ads in or whatever, but when it comes to the movies, I don't think they always think about like maybe the best moment of what's yeah, in the middle of a, yeah. middle of a bell and then we're going straight into an ad break. <laughs> so, it didn't bother me as much, but I have to say, I'm not like, I'm not obsessed with trigger points yet. I don't know now if I was in a bit of a mood on Sunday. I'm really hoping that when I watch it again during the week and then after next week's episode that I have more of a connection to the characters. Because at the minute, I feel a bit cold towards everyone. Well, your man's gone. But, Is he? I don't know. Well, yeah, there was just an arm there, but the rest of them could be fine. Yeah. Yeah, we don't oh, know. Oh, yeah, true. We don't know Actually, for sure. His arm's blown off, but the rest of him could be intact. Yeah. It doesn't look promising because the van was completely gone, but like we'll have to find out. I have to say, because I was on the recap, I was watching the first episode, kind of taking notes and stuff. When I rewatched it again, I enjoyed it much more. Yeah, and Brendan, did you say that to me today or was it Reb? I think I need, I've only watched it once so far. So have I, um, yeah. Yeah, so I only watched it live on Sunday night and I just felt, do you know what? It was all my bias coming to it as well. It's obviously the very start of a TV show. Um, there's all these line of duty connections that you have to get out of your head. But I thought the ending was brilliant. If that explosion didn't happen at the end, I think I would have been left old. But that was quite intriguing and we have something to solve now. So I am in. Yeah. But I'm just excited to love it a bit more. One of them's definitely bent as oh, well. 100%. And I and I can't wait for that because we love that now. We'll say yeah. every single character and then at the end we'll say, see, we told you. Yeah. Oh, there's already two that I'm straight up like bent, bent. Yeah. A minimum The boyfriend. Two. I don't. No, I them. actually didn't suspect the boyfriend, but loads of people in our thoughts and theories. So there's two things people mentioned the most. One was the ad breaks and the second one was <laughs> Lana's fella being bent. Yeah, I, I think the thing with the ad breaks is I keep watching series on streaming services and there's no ads. Yeah, we're spoiled. We're spoiled. We're spoiled, right? Yeah, honest spoiled, to God. Drunk. I haven't watched a TV series live in a really long time so I think that I've just completely I, I was shook by the ads <laughs> I was like yeah. I don't think one. an ad it's kind of funny because you're like I'm going to run up for a wee now or you're like I have to get back before the ad yeah. I think it's kind of exciting I, I don't like know it's real like thrill throwback I know it is Hannah but I like the stress I think we've been so um, spoiled with Line of Duty as well that it's just like really intense for a whole hour I didn't even think about it because I watched it back so I didn't have to watch the ads but I didn't th- even, the, uh, the whole idea of the ads interrupting the flow of the show didn't cross my mind until I read everyone's emails. Yeah. And then it got me thinking, I was like, can you imagine if Line of Duty was on a commercial station, mm-hmm. how that would feel if they kept interrupting yeah. it? I, we wouldn't be happy. No, we would not. No. We would not. But anyway, I have to say, I do think it's going to be a great series. I think the first episode was deliberately... It was just setting everything up in terms of it was a bit vague. Like we don't yeah. know who's who's bent. We don't. But your first episode's always like that. Mm. 
you know? I'd love a bit of a Doc Cotton getting into the van type of situation at the end. You know, like we'd all love a bit of that. Ah, but yeah, at the we'll, end of season one, there'd be yeah, time enough. But I suppose, exactly, it could yeah. be at the end, you know, that we'll see a bit, a bit more dodginess. Well, look, I'm excited to hear the recap. I don't know about you. I'm ready to to be recapped. I'm ready to like make my connections with the car. I'm ready to worry about that man's arm and if there will be a body for it to be attached to next week. Because at the minute, I'm like, okay, that was exciting, but I wasn't upset that he was dead. I wish so, we, it was episode two. Maybe did that happen because I we do. I did think he was a nice character, but I would have loved a bit more. So we would have been a bit devo. This has been two yeah, Jed-related shows where someoneone's lost a limb. Uh, what was Tandy Newton's, Tandy Wayne Newton's I, character oh, called? Um, Roz, Roz Huntley. Huntley. She and lost an arm. Jackie Laverty, Brendan. Did she lose an arm? No, but her leg was <laughs> the, the, the star there of is, season there is four. Or five, <laughs> Sorry, I was, I was like, Jackie Laverty and a limb? What? <laughs> Jesus, wake up. Brendan, literally your favourite character. I know, yeah. Yeah, your fave. Okay, will I kick off the recap? Take it away, bitch. Okay, so guys, before Trigger Point episode one even starts, the BBC continuity fella, or sorry, ITV, <laughs> the ITV continuity fella says the programme contains scenes of terrorism and peril throughout. So I was like, oh shit, this is going to be intense. Okay, so Sirens Whale as Lana Washington, aka Vicky McClure, in some very glamorous sunglasses and another expo called Danny race through the tunnel on the way to a dangerous bomb situation. The two expos are actually in a bit of a disagreement about their ETA and I sensed a bit of tension because he's like ETA one minute and she's like no pet it's ETA three minutes oh I didn't cop that well see this is what I had to watch it again okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I missed a lot the first time around so as they arrive residents of West Haven Estate are being evacuated due to a threat of a potential bomb factory in one of the apartments now Lana meets another expo called Joel Nutkins here aka Adrian Lester and the pair are having banter 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 like they get on great. There's a great rapport between like the two of them. Like a house on fire. Exactly. After a bomb. Then, Inspector Robbins, played by Cal McAninch, who Hannah pointed out was in Vigil. Mm. Yeah. Well, he comes over with D.I. Desai from SO15, who was in command of the whole operation. And when Nuckins tries to introduce Lana to Robbins, Robbins rudely cuts across and explains that the bomb factory flat is actually rented by a man called Andy Phelan. He was so rude. Like, what was the point of him being rude here? Is it to try and make us suspicious of him instantly and go, yes. oh, you're clearly bent. Also, he's the only one that wears a mask across his face the whole time. I'm like, is this a COVID thing? Is this just to make us look at you and think you're dodgy? Is it because you're just fucking rude? I don't understand. You're the only one that covers your mouth. Residents of the apartment block are hanging out of the windows. They're trying to get a look in on all of the drama. And we also learn... They are fully us, guys. No, like I was crying, Anna. They are. I kept laughing. They kept showing shots. And then later on, the people hanging out with iPhones. And I'm like, oh, there I am. <laughs> but you know what the one thing is, though, right? If a bomb squad came along and cleared the apartment block that I lived in, I wouldn't be, like, throwing shit at them trying to get back into my house. I would be, like, <laughs> in bloody Weatherspoons or Nando's, I'd like, until I knew it was... Yeah, be damn press <laughs> until I was fully sure it was absolutely safe. I wouldn't be like, can I get back into my house, please? What? <laughs> they the lack of desire to leave the area where the bomb might have been was like, overwhelming. There's a bomb. No, fuck off. I want to get back into my house. To do I'd be what? running. Like, have a cup of tea. Watch the telly. Running watch. backwards while filming. Like, I will be, like, catching some <laughs> content to send on to the likes of you. But I will be also this, running. You mean to send on to the sun? You'd be like, here you go. Oh, I'd be selling the story full. I'd be like, give me me check. Oh, I'd be selling it. Yeah, that's not going anywhere for free. 
so obviously they're hanging out of the windows taking videos or whatever and we also learn here that Lana and Joel share a strong friendship bond and she asks him for her lucky wire cutters so like these two have been um, what do you call dismembering bombs yeah. No, you dismember a body. I know. Dismantle a bomb. Dismantle a bomb. <laughs> <laughs> They've been doing this for a while yet, right? So the team of armed officers then break into the apartment door. They search the premises and they mark all of the different rooms as clear. However, Nutkins later hears a creaking sound coming from under one of the beds and Robbins orders them to come out with their hands up and he looks like he's ready to fire. But Lana acts really fast. She lifts up the mattress and she finds a traumatised woman and child tied up beneath and Lana chats to uncomfortable comforts a child now guys this was real like um season one episode one line of judy i was like are they after bursting into the wrong house yes i had the exact same thought very it's very very similar opening scene yeah yeah it is i thought that the the name on the door was gonna yeah be upside down (laughs) exactly so the mother is called angie and she reveals that a group of masked men who spoke a mixture of english and arabic broke into the house at 4 30 a.m they put a gun against the daughter's head and they made her call the threat in so she's the person who said that there's some sort of bomb threat because she was threatened to do that if you get me she was made do it. Yeah. Okay. So they threatened to kill the daughter if they made a sound. So that's why they were being silent under the bed when um, the officers entered the apartment. Andy thinks that they used her husband Andy's keys to get into the flat because she heard the front door and she thought it was him. So we all need to find Andy feeling ASAP. Okay. Meanwhile, the expos have headed into the bathroom and they discover that there is a bomb amongst the bog roll by the loo. <laughs> now... While this is on unfolding, the residents are going bananas trying to get back into the flats. They are chucking bottles at the police. And Lana asks Robbins and Desai to move the crowd back. And Robbins snaps back again, guys. He's like, this situation is becoming increasingly hostile with all of the residents. And then Nutkins kind of stands up for Lana and tries to diffuse the situation. And he says that by the looks of the IED, there is large amounts of HME. Now, for some line of duty style acronyms, an IED is an improvised explosive device and a HME is a homemade explosive. Oh, didn't know what a HME was. I did know an IED from my many years in the newsroom, I think. Fair enough. Yeah. God, yeah, just... I knew we'd be learning loads, guys. This is brilliant already. Right. Acronyms and everything. No, it is. It's, it is actually, it's interesting because there's a lot of, like, there's a lot of stuff that I'm like, I don't have a clue about any of this. It was like us with Vigil. We Vigil. didn't even know that there were a real coxswain. life submarines. I was like, what's a coxswain? But we didn't know. <laughs> we didn't know that there were submarines. Like, we didn't no. really know. With nuclear weapons? <laughs> no. We actually didn't realise also, guys, isn't it mind-blowing, like, just for a second, that they can look at those bombs? Like, we're looking at them as well. How the fuck could you know which wire to cut? Oh, I was sweating. Like, yeah. what? Yeah. Are you even looking at it? It's incredible, really, isn't it? Like, that people actually do this on the tree of us, sit home in our arses. The people and volunteer are saved by people constantly. to do this job. Why would that be a job that you would want to do? Why would you want to walk in to danger and try and figure out how to stop yeah. a bomb that's that takes a certain type of person you have a, like yeah. a res- like a lot of respect for people who do actually do that as a job and keep mm. people safe can you imagine the amount of times that there have been situations that have been horrific that we don't even know about 
like yeah. the pressure and everything. Right, so Lana and Joe re-enter the apartment and she holds up a flashlight as he carefully examines the bathroom with a device that detects a pressure plate underneath the toilet mat. Nutkins then uses a lightsaber looking glow stick thingy to mark it and he says that he can't really see properly. He's like, oh Jesus, I can't really see. So Lana then goes to flick the light switch on but Nutkins shouts for her to freeze and he's like, hold mate, because mother of God, he's clocked that there is a secondary trigger for the bomb and it's rigged up to the light switch. Yeah. In, it's, it, and he, he traces it back to like the immersion. Yeah. To yeah. the, well, airing cupboard if you're listening in the UK, the hot press if you're listening in Ireland. Yes. So Lana's hand is on the switch and now she has to stay as still as possible or else it's going to boom, boom, shake, shake the room. Boom, shake, shake, shake the room. And speaking of shaking, Lana's like a leaf. So she's like, it's my mistake, Joel, run. He's like, I'm not going to leave you. And then Lana, without having to move her hand and all while hyperventilating, has to carefully hand Joel her mirror as and her snips. And he's trying to figure out where the wire is. And it is actually, yeah, it's in the, the hot press, Brendan. Um, he realises that it's in that cupboard and he eventually does clip the wire, meaning Lana can let go. But like, that was close call number one. I found that scene really, really tense. Yeah. Like, I thought it was really tense. Yeah, it was. So afterwards, Joel goes outside and he looks absolutely shook. Like, he tried to laugh off the whole thing with Lana in there. But afterwards, he went out and, yeah, he looks absolutely shook. And he also mentioned as well in that scene that he's getting too old for this shit. Foreshadowing, as you would say, Hannah. Mm-hmm. So, Lana's very... Yeah, no. Sorry to interrupt, right? But I just had to text my friend to ask her, could I tell this story? Because it literally just came into my mind. But I have a funny story for you about a bomb, okay? <laughs> Okay. B- a bomb related story right now, this is the god's honest truth right i won't do any names but we have a friend who oh, a bomb couple- story i'll tell you in a minute go on <laughs> you do as well yeah, do you? Do. yeah go on you crack on right so a co- like a good few years ago like probably 10 to 15 years ago probably closer to 15 we have a friend's mom who rang the bomb squad. Now, I mean, rang the police and were like, zip me straight through to the bomb squad because there was a suspicious bag left in her. I actually forgot this because there was a suspicious bag left in her front garden. Now, I just think like it was a bin bag and it was put in the garden and it was her, the house is near a large park in Ireland. And I think there was something, and I'd have to clarify this, but I think there must have been like an event or Sanuk Duran is in the park. That's where our president lived. There was some event that had this woman particularly on edge at the time. <laughs> Sorry, <it's not> funny. <laughs> was Obama so, over? <laughs> there was something. It was like the time when the Queen came and they took yeah, all the yeah, bins. Yeah. They Do you remember that? Center. Not a bin yeah, to be yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it was, there was something like this. Like, it wasn't just the day-to-day anxiety. Like, there was a reason for the heightened level. And there was a large bin bag in the garden and she went straight to bomb squad. Like there wasn't even like, I'll go out for a peek. It was straight away phone call through. And they came out. They came out. People, they came out. And what was in the bag? It was a bin bag full of crisps. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. It's a bin bag full of crisps. Oh, my God. Like, Brendan, what's your bomb story? So I went very quickly, went to... um, 
Super Value had a lovely event. Were you there with me, Rebecca? I can't remember. Is this the day that I gave out to the people who were talking amongst themselves when you asked a question, or is that with you, Anna? God, I get really irate sometimes. Like, it comes oh, out, that of, me been and, done. out of nowhere. Yeah, <laughs> I asked. Went mad at that woman in <laughs> I asked someone where the cakes were, and the two of them looked at me like I had seven heads, and I was like, I'm really sorry that I interrupted your conversation, but like, I was just wondering where I get the cake. Well, like, I think me and Rebecca were new friends at the time, and I'd never seen that side her, and I got as much as the fright as them two girls. I was like, oh, fuck. I just wanted to give them business I was trying yeah. to give them my custom afraid of a bit of business no so I was in Super Value we'd been invited to go out I think it was like a pre-Christmas thing and they uh, closed the Blackrock store early and we were allowed in like a load of us from the media were allowed in and it was like supermarket sweep right so you were allowed to take whatever you wanted they plied you full of booze and, and you got to like eat all the canapes demolish the cheese counter and at the end they gave everyone this like wooden crate like a really heavy wooden crate yeah. and it was full of like loads of like snacks and booze and whatever Anyway, we left there, and this is actually not a lie. We went, the Weatherspoons had just opened in Black Rock at the time. Yeah. So we were like, oh, we've never been to Weatherspoons. Let's go there. So we went to Weatherspoons after being plied with alcohol and super value. So we were absolutely steaming. Uh, got the dart home. So this is the train in Dublin um, from Black Rock back to Grand Canal. Yeah. But in our drunken and disorderly state, one of us left our crates on the platform. <laughs> So my friend had the wherewithal to phone the local guard station to be like, hi, uh, look, we've left a crate uh, on the platform, but it probably looks quite suspicious just to let you know that it's not a bomb. The guards came down. I Actually, if the screen grabs the messages in my phone, the guards came down, took the box back to the station for safekeeping, text my friend and went, it's, uh, it's in the station, you can ask for it. Uh, brackets, I've put the cheese in the fridge so it's safe, uh, so it stays cold, but the lads might eat it. Yeah, so that was that was my bomb-related story. Oh my god, that's brilliant! Absolute messes. Sorry, Rebecca, Jesus. your recap. <laughs> okay, right. So back to business here now, and let me have a little look at my page and see where I'm getting off. Oh, sorry, foreshadowing. He was getting too old for this shit. So as Lana is ready to leave the flat, she notices writing on the cupboard, the hot press, that spells 1912, and Joel says that counterterrorism are going to look into that. And in the next scene, we then spot the screensaver on Joel's mobile phone. It's his wife and kids, and we see that he has a tattoo on his arm. I was like, you in danger, girl. Lana re-enters the apartment to re-examine the toilet bomb, and she later realises that the device's main charge was actually filled with fireworks, meaning it was non-lethal and low-explosive, something that Nutkin says could be very significant. Do you know what, though? Could you imagine if you stood on that toilet mat and a fucking firework went off? <laughs> Did you see like, the rocket go out the door? I couldn't stop thinking that about it. was on the toilet mat. That would be enough to literally frighten the shine out of you. Like, I don't care that it's not a bomb. Two bombs, one at the toilet, one out the door. <laughs> guys, imagine having to text someone and explain them what happened. <laughs> and you're like, I can't get up with the fright bomb after you sit down to go to the toilet. Mind my own business. And there's explosions going off underneath me. Can you imagine your nature call setting off a bomb like that? <laughs> Sorry, with the rocket. Oh, I actually did find it funny when I saw a rocket go out the door in the episode. <laughs> I was like, what on earth is going on? I was crying at the bat mass. (laughs) And he just cracks the glow stick and throws it out. I couldn't actually stop laughing. I was like, imagine what would happen to the poor, whatever his name was, if he'd have come in and got the toy. I'm going to take a quick quick slasher and quick poo. (laughs) I would have literally, I would have been in hospital for a month just with nerves. Like, you know, like in a Jane Eyre book when the women, they just couldn't cope. I would have Take to the bed. Oh my yeah, nothing God. wrong with me. I just couldn't cope. Oh my 
fucking up. But also, like, all that stress over a light switch or a rocket. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's absolutely... Can you imagine being uh, so stressed thinking that you're going to blow up a whole building and that you were going to die? It's a firework. <laughs> it's not funny because these situations probably do happen. Yeah, but, like, It just obviously was just a bit of a shock when I saw the little rocket. <laughs> God, I need to get out more. But it did make me, I don't know Just why. Just a I had sparkler, it. like. Yeah, it honestly was. It was a little rage. But yeah, you would be raging, though, over a rocket. <laughs> <laughs> um, fireworks are dangerous, though. Anyway. Oh, they're illegal here. They're not legal in the UK. Yeah, no, they're not. Mm. That's why everyone goes north. <laughs> Jonesboro. Yeah. <laughs> That's where everyone goes. Okay. Lana, or Wash, as Nutkins keeps calling her, she heads to the van for a breather and she starts rocking out to some rap. Now, she is nodding her head like the Churchill dog to a song called Break Clean by Crown City Rollers. Oh, yes. And she has her own bobblehead dog statue beside her. I just thought the scene was gas. Like, it was a real meme, wasn't it? It was a, it was a total meme, the two of them bobbing their heads together. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So she's actually scrolling on her phone while she's dancing along and she's looking up some pictures of, it looks like an apartment or a villa in a holiday resort. There's a pool. Yeah, I thought it looked like, you know, some, you know, like when you're like, say to a friend, like, oh, will we go here? And then somebody on booking.com just sends you like eight different options. And you're like, have a look at these. It was exactly like that. So Nuckins approaches and he does his own little bobbing along, which was quite cute. And he mentions in passing how he and his wife Jazz have now turned a corner. Suddenly, Lana and Joel are called to look at Auntie Phelan's car that's actually parked in the complex and Robin says that they're treating the vehicle as suspicious as the stolen keys would have given the attackers access. They inspect the car and Lana spots possible explosives underneath. Now, the cordon needs to be moved back again and the residents are up in arms. Like, they are going mad at this stage. Um, And then a robot with a camera that's reminiscent of a dodgy webcam that we had back in the early noughties is then deployed. Now, Robbins chats with Desai and says that they both know that the bombers could still be there and watching every move they make. And they keep, you know, the camera keeps panning up at all the different apartments and all the different people, which I really did think added to the tension. Yeah, definitely. With your one hanging out with the iPhone, like... Get out. Why Why are you still in there? You should be out of your house. A rocket's just got off. <laughs> Guys, the robot was so cute. Oh my God. He was like was. Wally. He was, was like Wally. had a little jaw. Oh my God. Well, the rickety robot approaches the car and Lana's colleague, Danny, who is using the controls, he starts sweating. Like he is so nervous. And she's like, listen, mate, take a break. She takes over. And after he exits, another colleague asks if he's okay. And he's like, oh, I just feel like everything is going wrong today and then his pal tells him that Lana and Joel don't mean to put him down and that he should still stick at it. That colleague was quite handsome. Yeah, That's my observation. Okay. So Lana is trying to work the robot and um, the controls are going mad and computer says no. So she takes matters into her own hands by marching towards the car and Jesus, her colleagues are all horrified. Also, what's her aversion to keeping her fucking helmet on? I don't know. Just stop taking your helmet off. No, Brendan, that is apparently that something that you have to do as you approach a bomb because it helps you see better. Okay. Really? That is like the, like, that is standard practice. I was like, could you put your helmet back on? Okay. No, she's done the right okay, thing. Okay, there's a reason for it. Okay. Well, Lana looks under the car and she realises that the wires are unconnected, so it could be a false alarm or someone is playing with them. Suddenly, guys, I whelped at this bit. The boot opens and a man with a bag over his head wearing an explosives vest emerges shouting, help me. 
Now, help me, Tony. How did that boot open? Yeah, <laughs> no, I, yeah, I, yeah. Guys. Somebody across the car park with the key just pressing the button. I swear to God, how but did it, that boot open? That was it. I think you were joking, Brendan, but that is what must have had happened. Yeah, well, I mean, if they can rig up a bomb, surely they can rig a boot to open, do you know? Mm, it was, yeah, or it they were the Or did kick it open? I don't know, guys. It was a bit crazy. Great timing. Yeah. <laughs> like, surely he was trying to kick it for the whole morning. Like, he's been there since 4.30am. Yeah, sorry. Did you not hear them talking outside the car when they were, like, having a quind, like, I was going to say Kate, when Lana was having a look under the car? Did he not, like, hear them then and then give a few kicks? Yeah, I think this is all for dramatic purposes. But Lana begs him to stay fucking still. I love that she just, I like, fucking this. stay still. And she's like, will you, will you remove the hood, like, so I can see who you are? And I have to say, I just thought Vicky McClure was just phenomenal in this yeah, scene. Yeah, she was brilliant. So snipers are getting ready to take their shot and we find out that the potential suicide bomber is actually Andy Phelan and he suffered some horrific facial injury, injuries like... Yeah, he was he, black and blue. What happened to Andy Phelan's face? Like, did, was that acid that they threw in his eyes? That's what I was thinking. Or no, I was think he was it just like, swollen from somebody kicking the shit out of him. Oh, I don't know, guys. He was having an awful day, wasn't he, it though? Looks... But then I'm not being bad. Like, I know Vicky McClure was doing her job and, like, he literally had to stop moving. But I would have been bawling if I had had that bad a day. And then she was screaming at me. And then I would try not to set the bomb off. Like, it was all a lot. But Lana Washington, like, 100% did the right thing. But, you know, I, I did feel sorry for him. Yeah, no, he was traumatised. Like um, Robbins, a.k.a. Trojan 1, urges Lana, a.k.a. Expo 2, to stay back, but she ignores his orders and she approaches Andy and says that she's going to help with the device. Now, Andy's sobbing. He's asking about his wife and daughter and Lana gets him to calm down and to lift up his arms and she spots that the device is, a f- is phone activated. So it means that someone else has control of it. And despite her efforts, Andy just starts to lose it here. Nookins grabs her kit and... She insists on disarming the device because Andy trusts her. And as he said, he is getting too old for this. So she brings that up again. She's like, oh, you said you're getting too old for this. He trusts me. I'm going to do it. Then, guys, the phone on the device starts ringing. And Lana says there must be a second phone, one to arm and one to trigger. The phone's ringing, but the device isn't functioning. So Robin says that they need eyes on the caller before they trigger the second phone. And Lana frantically searches Andy for the second phone as Nutkins keeps him still. They're a great team. She quickly finds it and she snips the wires. And just a second before the second phone starts ringing, plew. Phew, I wrote. <laughs> I wrote few and it says blue. <laughs> but like literally. Different ending. Literally. But like yeah. that, they were. Split second. A split second. So after, Desai calls a colleague to trace the number that tried to trigger the phone on Phelan's vest. DI Tom Youngblood from SO15 then arrives, speaks with Lana in the police car, and he says they are looking into the. Sorry, they did look into the numbers that she found on the flat wall, which was 1912, but they didn't actually flag up any terrorist group. Now, I'm just going to say this here, guys. I think they did flag up a terrorist group and I just don't think he told her. Okay. Just going to say that. You also, I, I actually don't, I didn't pay attention earlier, you may have said this, but the person who sent all the booking.com things to Lana was Youngblood. That's what oh, was saved in the phone. Oh, was him. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I actually didn't see who whose number it was on the phone. So Tom then holds Lana's hand and he says that he's glad that she's okay. He calls her darling. We then know that they're romantically involved with each other. Lana says that it was just seconds away that that, 
device was going to function and she's pretty sure that her luck is about to run out. Nutkins then appears and he really does strike up a strong rapport with Tom pretty much straight away. He calls him a superstar and Tom asks Joel if he's okay after the day they've had and Joel says that his back is gone, his wife is gone and his kids aren't talking to him but other than that he's doing okay. Glass half full kind of guy. Yeah. Guys, did you recognise the actor playing D.I. Tom Youngblood? I did and it was driving me mad where I recognised him no. from. No. No. Oh, he, okay, so did you watch that um, was it called White House Farm? Oh yeah, I did, yeah. Yeah, he's in that. He's the brother and also he is in Criminal UK. He's oh. one of the investigators with Rishin Sandal. It's actually really good. Okay, so he's obviously a very good actor so he's going to have a significant role in this. Mm. In a few bits we like, basically. Mm, interesting. So when Tom leaves, Joel jokes with Lana about their romance and she jokingly says, oh, it's early days, but he's a bit keen. So this is a new thing, you know? I think these little details are nice to know. She then brings up what he just said about the wife and kids and Joel says that he does want to be with his family, but if it's a choice between them and the job, then there's no choice. And Joel later says that he will have a chat with Danny after the pressure had got to Danny earlier on with the robot malfunctioning. And he also reminds Lana here that she was also like a deer in headlights on her first tasks. Interesting. A female officer then comes over and mentions that they're still waiting on one last car number plate check. But Joel is like, listen, release the cord and tell the residents to go back to their apartments. Like, that just seemed a bit like inappropriate, didn't it? Like, he's so careful and he's so instinctive and he's so on the ball. And then all of a sudden he's like, ah, release that cord. It's only one one place. Be grand. They were all dying to get back in, to be fair. He was feeling the pressure. Probably. Um, Joel then brings up that the first device, uh, the whole thing about the first device, and he says that Lana was really onto something, that anyone who knows how to rig up a pressure plate and attach it to a secondary device wouldn't use a low explosive charge, so they wouldn't use a rocket. <laughs> he thinks that it was a come on to lure them in and make them evacuate the building and then give them a bigger target out there in the open. And he says, how many times have we seen this tactic in Afghanistan? Nutkins then spots a white van in the car park and he starts to walk towards it. He asks officers if this is the number plate that they are checking on, which I just thought was very convenient, but anyway, dramatic purposes. He asks them to give him a minute and he takes a look, right? Meanwhile, <clears throat> Desai tells Tom that they have got a trace on the phones that attempted to trigger the suicide vest. And she says that they are two unregistered burner phones in separate locations, meaning that it is an organised terror cell. Next, Joel orders his colleagues to stay back from the van and keeps everybody away from the van and he calls out to Lana for his snips. And guys, oh my God, before you can even blink or take another breath, there is a huge explosion. Like I jumped, I jumped. Tick, tick, boom. It was massive. I jumped also. A mountain of dust, Lana's on the ground, there's little fires everywhere, debris falling on her face and there's just the sounds of screams and car alarms going off. She somehow tries to get up, she crawls as she looks for Joel but he's nowhere to be seen. Someone is calling out her name, it's Tom who grabs her and he tries to make her come back beside him. She ignores his calls and she continues towards the van which there is nothing left of. She then sees an arm and she recognises the tattoo. It's Joel's. It's the shot that we saw earlier. Tom reappears and grabs her, begging her not to look, and he pulls her to safety. That's it. That was the first episode of Trigger Well Point. done, Reb. Great, uh, great <coughs> first recap. Sorry, I ate too much chocolate magic stars. Yeah, we're eating um, magic, Milky Way magic stars, Hannah. They're lovely. 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. I love ages. But like, a magic star. Eating I, chocolate and talking at the same time, not a great idea. No, I have to say, guys, I really enjoyed the episode even more. I'm just going to have another star. When I rewatched it. Yeah, I, I thought it was great. I thought the tension was, was, I thought it was very tense. The light switch now, my palms were sweaty watching the light switch bit. Yeah. Because you just knew you switch, couldn't move by a fraction. I found it stressful. Yeah, it didn't get me, but I found it stressful. But I thought for me now, if the explosion hadn't happened at the end, I would have found the episode a bit flat. But the explosion did happen and I thought the scenes which almost went in black and white for the amount of like dust and stuff were yeah. very fabulous looking. And I felt the budget came in a bit there. I was like, right, this looks really good now. And it got me very excited for next week. Yeah, like, because I, like, I certainly don't have any idea of what way this is going to go. So like, are we going to follow the same storyline? So is are, are we going to hunt for the next like five episodes for one bomber? Are they going to continue to like lay other traps and bombs? Is that going to be the only bomb we're going to see? And now the whole thing is going to be an investigation. Are we going to move on to like a different case? Are we going to be looking for different bombers? Like, I don't know where it's going to go. And that's kind of good. I think it's going to be them trying to find the terror cell. And realistically, there's going to be lots of bombs within that. Mm. I think there's going to have to be lots of bombs. Lana's obviously going to get a new partner and have to deal with the loss of like. Unless he is actually alive. Yeah, but Brendan, even if he is alive, he, his arm has been blown well, off. Yeah, he can't work. He'd have to be in hospital yeah, he'd for be a little out, while. He'd be, on, he'd be on sick leave now for a bit. Yeah. yeah, at, and then At I, the very least. Someone can confirm this, but I don't know if he'll ever be able to do that job again because, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like you need your hands to do that job. So Sorry, yes, even if he is alive, he will have to battle with that. Maybe like his he'll have to find a new path in life which is very difficult and I think Lana she already seems like someone with I'm not going to say a death wish but she's definitely pushing it like going up to that car and like she obviously doesn't want to die we saw that in the flat she was incredibly nervous but I do think she will push boundaries a bit with like testing herself and I think now that she's going to be on a vengeance path 
that yeah. she's going to push those boundaries even more. And I bet you that boyfriend is going to be screaming at her by episode five. Mm. It's this job or me. I feel like that. Yeah. storylines coming down the totally road. agree. Yeah. Um, some of your thoughts and theories. Uh, so obviously, as we said, the main thing for most people was the ad breaks. Like it's the most commented on thing. It wasn't even about the show. Um, so we clearly have a lot of BBC drama fans. Uh, lots of people said that they recorded it so that they could fast forward through the ads. So that's what's going on with most people. Um, at Sue C. Sue said, uh, saw the ending coming a mile off. Hate that it's on ITV as I can't stand the ad breaks. Had to record it and watch it this evening so I could skip them. Um, uh, Louis Munchie says the ads on ITV were really frustrating and uh, can tell they will be a continuing annoyance for the series. I enjoyed the first step. Hard not to be on the edge of your seat, but I hope we get a bit more info on the wider plot next week. Uh, felt very much like they turned up at some flats. Found a bomb, defused a bomb, found a bomb, defused a bomb, talked about bombs, then a bomb went off, tense and excited, but not line of duty level intriguing. Mm, and yeah, look, it's, these comparisons are going to keep getting drawn because of obviously um, Vicky McClure and Jeppa Curie's involvement. Um, a lot of people saying Lana's fella is dodgy AF, including at Lynn Am Wu. She says Tom the boyfriend is dodgy. Sorry, they say Tom the boyfriend is dodgy. I don't know if you're male or female. And uh, so is the trigger happy inspector Robinson. Um, Incidentally or not, uh, neither of these appeared in the trigger point IMBD until this afternoon. Uh, from Line of Duty, we know that the anti-terror unit is bent, and I'm assuming this ties in with that. Um, Elaine Botting says, Vicky's boyfriend's got to be dodgy. No chance he's been brought in uh, to make her home life seem rosy. And then with the whole 1912 thing on the um, Aaron slash hot press uh, Elaine says the 1912 gunpowder plot uh, 1912 scratched on the wall and gunpowder in the toilet bomb this could reference the book about the Guy Fawkes plot could they be going to target the royal family or the houses of parliament um can help, uh, can't help hoping Boris will be there if they do. Uh, but why would the writer know of my personal fantasy? Um, at Ellie M. Bond, also about the 1912 being inscribed, uh, says an unknown photographer documented the homes and rendezvous points of the conspirators involved in the 1605 gunpowder plot, uh, gunpowder in the toilet bomb, clues to an attempt on the Houses of Parliament or the monarchy. So okay. I don't know about this 1912 gunpowder thing, but yeah. clearly there was something to do with the royal family and the Houses of uh, Parliament. Uh, Paul Gallagher says... Um, you did get that the tattoo Kate, he, he has in inverted commas, and her armless colleague have was the same as the wee scratchy symbol on the wall beside the secondary device. I didn't. No, that. neither did Wait, I. The scratchy thing is in 1912. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, beside oh. the wall, the secondary device. Yeah, uh, I didn't notice what? that. But did did, did um, do Lana and what's Adrian Lester's character's name again? Nuckins. Nuckins. Do they have the same tattoo? I didn't notice. I didn't notice that. I think they. M- think they might have done and maybe it's something that they, if they do they both got done in Afghanistan after being on tour together yeah yeah I didn't notice that at all actually Jesus I need to watch it again uh, James Street says it was all a bit predictable in the end with Joel no one gets that shaky and sweaty moving a robot uh, will be better when we have more story as it was all very vague uh, Leah Brotherton says we need more background on Lana all I can see here is Kate Fleming I don't agree I didn't see I Thankfully, didn't see Kate. I didn't either, yeah. Yeah. Um, Leah says, enjoyed it though. Let's hope uh, for more of Adrian Lester flashbacks maybe. So he could be in more of it even if he's not alive. I think what they did in Afghanistan is going to help her figure out. I think that he's going to be like the voice in her head when she's defusing bombs. A few people called the first episode a bit flat, including at Mark MDW. Uh, he said flat as a pancake. And uh, Darren Glover said, it's like Line of Duty if you bought it from Wish. Terrible is Darren's scathing. 
Mother scathing. of God, that Thank is you. scathing. Do you know what? It's absolutely well, not terrible. No, and it's, it's not. It's not line of duty from Wish. It's not. No, guys, Wish is awful, but I just think maybe people should watch it again because I do think a second watch when you're like um, expectations are oh, not lowered, removed. So you're not sitting there thinking that it's Kate and that they have the budget of yeah. season five premiere of Line of Duty. Like, I'm sorry, season one of Line of Duty was bonkers, lest we forget <laughs> when that I watch scene it back. <laughs> of the man in the apartment with that music. The like, whole so thing, I just think, <laughs> sorry, the whole thing was filmed on a fucking handy cam. It was a shaky. It Do you was remember? mad. That brief shot of the poo in the front seat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and obviously the storylines are incredible, but I just think we just have to have a little bit of patience with this now. Totally. Yeah. Um, we did get another email from an Emily M. She sent us an email of an article from The Times. And basically this article is, is by a British uh, army bomb disposal expert. And uh, her name is Kim Hughes. And they've asked her loads of questions about like whether or not each scenario in this first episode was real. So they were like on about the bomb rig to the toilet. It's got two triggers. Um, you know, would this be a thing? And she's like, look, yeah, it is possible. But bomb disposal officers <laughs> would be a little less forceful than uh, McClure's character. Um, we wouldn't go in and start flipping switches either. There will be no. a threat assessment about how to go you about it. You're not meant to turn a light switch on if you've gas. Yeah, if there's a gas. Do you remember when the gas was? Could smell gas. Yeah. And you once started screaming at me on the phone. Yeah. like don't turn anything on or off and I was like I've been getting the whiff of this for a few months now love and I've been fine so far um, did you say pet my fingers pet. hovering on the light switch yeah. you better tell me what to do I there like Vicky McClure afraid to turn I'm the hop on <laughs> um, yeah so that's, that's available for you to look at on the times there's quite a few questions and uh, Kim Hughes goes through the scenarios but in general she's like yes that's quite realistic uh, this type of thing was heavily used in Northern Ireland very feasible realistic and scenario dependent so yeah quite true to life wow there you go. That's your thoughts and theories. Lovely. Um, now, what Jed said, Jed hasn't said much this week. He's been retweeting <laughs> things uh, that we can read, but he is keeping his thoughts to himself. However, <laughs> what we do have is... <laughs> what? Yeah, you're like, he's been retweeting a few bits, but he hasn't said much himself. Fair enough. But yeah, see, at the back doing a fireworks it. display. <laughs> He's retweeting a few bits and I think he's just sitting back and enjoying his hard work is done. He's after putting his blood, sweat and tears into this. So what we do have is a description from the ITV press centre about episode two. It's actually quite detailed, guys. Um, Don't have a trailer, but I will read this out for you. So episode two, this is what we can expect. During a blistering heat wave, London is still reeling from the events at West Haven. Intercommunity tensions rise as the far-right group called the English Flag, I'm not looking forward to meeting them, and their leader, Agatha Jack, take to the streets to blame Islamists for the attack. The government raises the terror threat to critical, and across the capital, people are on edge, seeing potential devices everywhere. Now, that, that would be <laughs> me, and that's friend's my mom. friend's mother. That's friend's yeah, one with the black bag. Just imagine the stress levels of trying to deal with that as a government or as a police service and then having phone calls from Karen's left, right and centre. They carry on. Um, Okay, so at New Scotland Yard... My friend's mom's not Karen. At New Scotland Yard, counter-terrorism... Yeah, I just... I was not trying to connect the two, but I'm just imagining the stress. Like, you have to consider that 
stupid behaviour on top of everything else. At New Scotland Yard, counter-terrorism detectives are under increasing pressure to find those responsible for the attack before the situation spirals out of control. Expo units are in constant action dealing with call-outs. Ah, oh, okay, so Lana's going to be called out constantly to people thinking that there's bombs everywhere. Oh my God. Lana is promoted to team leader and her professional duties allow her no time to hold back. CCTV footage of a suspicious vehicle leaving West Haven leads the team to a warehouse on the edge of London where they uncover uncover bomb-making materials and evidence that seems to confirm that the bombers were Islamist. But the discovery of what appears to be military equipment and high-grade explosives on site makes Lana question the real identity of the bombers. And a further device left in a sensitive and provocative location seems to confirm her suspicions. I think that sounds effing brilliant. It does. And we know from the, the trailer that went out ahead of the series starting that there there is a line in it where she's like, this could be the job of an inside man. Like, it seems like somebody with military training. So I'm excited for an inside job. Absolutely. Yeah. We love a bent bastard. We do a bit of drama. And I get people's feedback that, yeah, we had like the bomb in the bathroom, then the bomb in the hall, and then we were outside. But now it seems like we're going to have new Scotland Yard counterterrorism detectives. We're going to have Agatha Jack and the far right group, the English flag. We're going to have Expo. We're going to have a whole investigation to solve. So I think this will actually make, I, I have a feeling that episode two will make people look back on episode one more fondly. The people that aren't yeah. loving it so far. It was a setup episode. A it setup episode and also, remember, because it's on ITV, it, it wasn't a full hour. That was 45 to 50 minutes max. So yeah. that wasn't an hour yeah. of television. No, I, I'm really excited for the rest of the series. I think that it's going to be very, very juicy. Yeah, and Joel Nookins is in there um, for the next episode. Hopefully we'll be seeing him in some form or another. I'd say in a hospital bed. <laughs> Lying on the ground. Yeah, it's going to be flashbacks, um, isn't it? Flashbacks to Afghanistan. Yeah, just dead yeah. on the ground, yeah. I think he did a Martin Compton one and done and maybe a Danny might Waldron. get a few flashbacks if he did a Danny Wald. Yeah. He said, I'll do it, but one and done. One and done. And guys, it's kind of one and done for us, is it? Are we done now? I think we are, yeah. It up? <laughs> are we not coming back next week? <laughs> one and done. <laughs> Episode one is done. Episode one and done. Um, all right. Well, if you have any final thoughts to add, guys, anything you're excited about, any just last wrapping up musings? No, I'm just excited to see where it goes, to be honest. Same. Excited Brand. to watch some more ads. Can't wait. Right, that is it for this week's Shrine Podcast Trigger Point. Huge thank you. I've decided to name the Patreons, guys. I hope you agree with this, right? Let me know what you think. To all our patron pointers. Oh yeah, very good. Well done. I love it, Hannah. Well done. Okay, thanks. And welcome to our new supporters. If you too would like early access to our episodes, head over to patreon.com forward slash shrine pod where we upload each week's episode as soon as it's recorded which will give you an insight into just how chaotically last minute everything can get <laughs> there's definitely going to be one of these episodes that goes up at like 5 to 12 yeah. on, on Tuesday yeah. night you can follow us on social at ShrinePod on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram where you can send your thoughts and theories to us. They are very welcome or for those who prefer to be more flexible with the character count, you can email us ShrinePod at gmail.com and last but certainly not least you can check out the beautiful well, website. I was waiting for it. <laughs> Shrine. Have we paid for that again? Dot com second of Feb. 
2nd of Feb. Whose account is that coming out of? <laughs> Mine, and you absolutely won't be forgetting about it. It's my credit card, so uh, I'll be in touch. <laughs> I look forward right, to that. Right, my love, till next week. Ta-ra. Ta-ra. Please use that form on try to email through. Don't email from your own device. <laughs> oh, we could, can we quickly read out the email from the person? Oh my God, yeah. Have you got that to hand? Hang on. No, hold on. Who are you talking about? Why, on, Rebecca second. looks really panicked. No, this one's fine. <laughs> Why? What, what are you thinking of? Oh, I thought that we were talking about someone else who was being Oh, uh, no, absolutely not. No, 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 no. No, God, I not nearly, getting the airtime. I nearly rocketed the toilet there. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Mary and Joseph and the wee donkey. <laughs> Rebecca, I was on mute there, but I am dying that you thought I was about to read that out. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine if we put it up on the Patreon. <laughs> oh, yeah, actually, do you know what? Give you a new subscribers, the inside drama. Oh, I, I know we've wrapped this up. I'm really trying to find this email because I, I can't remember the person that it was from. But hold on, no. I'm oh, completely no. So basically, it was somebody. Somebody emailed us Don't through the, the website our just to group. say, uh, "I have it." Have you got it? Okay. Okay, hi guys. I'm just making sure Reb and Brendan don't get into trouble with Hannah for this bloody website costing you a fortune. <laughs> Delighted to hear you're all back on Shrine Pod. Love, Sharon. Oh, Sharon. Oh, Sharon, A1, Sharon. A1, Sharon. Sent via the submission form on <laughs> Shrine Podcast. What a week. That was well worth that cash, Hannah. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. Money well spent. Bye-bye. NW terminated. Go on. This is TV worth talking about. So we want to hear what you have to say. Find Shrine Podcasts on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook at ShrinePod. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com.